Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. He got sick and tired of hearing negative news about race relations and policing. So he decided to do something about it. And it's coming up on the Law Enforcement Today Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from Maryland, my old stomping grounds, we have Daniel Burgess joining us on the Law Enforcement Today show. Daniel, thanks so much for calling in. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's a pleasure and for many different reasons. And listeners are going to find out we're talking about in a few moments. Number one, we did have a chance to chat earlier, and I'm so excited about what you're doing. You know, if you listen to the news media, especially in Baltimore, where I retired from the Baltimore Police Department, you're going to hear stories constantly about extremely troubled relationships between police and minority communities and all these other things. And it's always a negative, negative, negative. You know, when so many people just complain constantly, but you are an exception to the rule. You decided enough's enough. We're going to do some changes. We're going to make some positive changes to our society. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, one of the one of the things that a lot of people don't realize or don't really pay much attention to is the media's job is to continually to bombard us with images. So not only can we fear, but we can stay tuned. This is how they make their money. It's yeah. it's, 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 it's propaganda, um, and it, it's divided our community. Uh, it's divided us from law enforcement, and it's further you know echoing the problem. It's further causing the problem to to be there. So. I kind of don't pay attention to what I see on television, hard not to, mm-hmm. uh, but with so many good law enforcement officers out there, uh, the narrative is, is placed so negatively because of the actions of just, just a few. I feel that it's unfair, and I wanted the members of the community to wake up and realize this for themselves and to get on board to kind of change the dynamics of how we view our law enforcement officers and the obligations that they have to keep our, our streets and our community safe. You are actively involved with an organization called the Mark Pappas Foundation. Before we get too in-depth in the conversation, and I promise you it's going to be a great conversation, tell us about the Mark Pappas Foundation, what you do, where people get more details, etc. Okay, great. Well, the Mark Pappas Foundation uh, was started by Steve Pappas. Uh, he dedicated it to his father. And for those that don't know, 
Uh, the Pappas family is well known, excuse me, in the Maryland area for their famous crab cakes. They've got the best crab cakes in the world. Been endorsed by Oprah Winfrey and so many other celebrities that come through, uh, come through Maryland for that experience. Steve and myself sat down one day and he wanted to do something great for his father in the name of his father and his father's legacy. And at the time, uh, the restaurant business had been bombarded uh, with, you know, just certain dynamics in the neighborhood and the community. Uh, they've been at one location for over 60 years. And I admire Steve and his family so much because instead of uprooting their business with their well-known success, they easily could have took it out of Parkville or any of their locations. Uh, he decided to do something different. Uh, we began to work together on community efforts uh, to bridge the gap between law enforcement and the youth in the area. Uh, and we've been working towards that goal ever since. That's amazing. And it's because it's so easy just for people to complain about the situation, complain about the crime problem throughout the United States, uh, where you're located is the Baltimore, Baltimore County area. And we all know that the crime has been a tremendous problem there for a very, very long time. It's not a recent issue. I know the news would love to tell you that it has been, but th- that was going on when I was a rookie police back in 1980. Right. And it hasn't well, changed. It's, but the thing that amazes me is that you, as Steve, and the other folks in the Pappas family decided we're going to do something, and we're going to do something constructive. And you know what? I want to take it to an, another level. I want to be completely transparent with the situation because I know Steve wouldn't mind. Uh, and, and plus, it made news and all. You know, it was all over the media. This, and this is all within a, a two-year period, uh, within just a couple miles of the location. Uh, an 18-year-old man. Uh, excuse me, young man had gotten shot and killed. Uh, this was maybe three, four months ago. Two months prior to that, uh, within less than half a mile, another young man had gotten stabbed, shot, and killed. And recently, the restaurant, when I say recent, I mean as of the last three, uh, last three months, the restaurant was uh, robbed at uh, gunpoint. Mr. Mark, Steve's uh, father, himself the owner of Papa's Restaurant, had been uh, robbed and beaten at gunpoint, uh, just, you know, right outside, literally right outside his restaurant establishment. Now, a normal person, a normal individual would take a look at the dynamics, would take a look at the way that these things were happening and occurring, and they would just say, you know what, the hell with this, you know, I'm out of here. I mean, these people are very, very successful people, you know, and he chose not to. He chose to get in there and fight, and I I admire that courage, and uh, we've been doing this work together ever since. That's the great thing about this, because it is so easy, like you said, for people who have the economic means to leave a city environment like Baltimore and go out into the counties where it's safer, is less violent crime. And, and safer is a matter of perspective, by the way, because not far from where you are, uh, in a very nice section of Baltimore County, Baltimore County Police Officer Amy Caprio was murdered. There's vehicles, there's subways, there's stolen cars. Crime can be at your doorstep no matter where you are. And I'm talking about serious violent crime. But to sit there and say, we're going to stay, this is our home, this is our community, we belong here as much as anybody else, and we're going to fight to make it better, that's something I can really throw my hat behind and admire. Yes, sir, absolutely, and, and, and I the same. And, you know, it, that's a great point that you speak to, because, or you're speaking on. I remember growing up where you would live in a good community, good area, good neighborhood, and then you would go 10 minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. And then by the 90s, it turned to seven minutes down the road. 2000, it was five minutes down the road, and you were in a bad area or a bad neighborhood. Now, I don't care where you live at. You can go three miles in any direction, 
and you, you wake up and it's like, where am I at? What in the world is going on in oh, this yeah. community? Yeah, and that's and in every city worldwide. That's the sad reality of what happens to a lot of our areas. And, you know, people like these terms, like, and I see it in the media a lot, disenfranchised. And that's been going on, just for example, in the Baltimore area for a very long time. When I was a, a rookie police in 1980, I believe the population was right around a million people. And we had, we're struggling to get like 3,200 police. We were always shorthanded. Now, last time I checked their population, 660,000. And they're right. about 500 officers short in Baltimore City alone. And the crime just keeps going higher and higher because the people who can afford to leave decide, I'm done. I want to go elsewhere. Oh, my God. And the scrutiny, this is what people fail to realize, the scrutiny that has been placed upon law enforcement officers by media and by the community, are make it imp- they're making it impossible for these officers to do their job. I've, I've, you know, I'm, I'm friends with so many law enforcement officers. Throughout this work, I've been able to do ride-alongs and see what they have to deal with every day. My brother's a law enforcement officer in Georgia. It's virtually impossible to do your job with peace of mind knowing not only that you'll come home safe. That, that's not even the hardest challenge anymore. But everybody with a cell phone, everyone with an opinion is expecting you to make a mistake, uh, mess up. And when you have just a, a small fraction of time to make a life-changing decision, you could go to jail. You could be in a bad situation. No one wants to sign up for that job anymore. And, and what people don't realize is we're making it harder on ourselves. We need the support of law enforcement to change the dynamics in this community. I, oh, my God, you're going to hear the word dynamic so much. Yeah, well, you're right. it really is. It's that bad. You are absolutely 100% correct. It was drilled into my head as, as a young policeman. Uh, and throughout my career, when I retired as a sergeant, that we had an obligation to the, the members of the community that we served. And we, we had the areas broken down into posts, and each district had sectors, and each sector had several posts. And as a post officer, you had to do your best to get to know people on the post. Let them get to know you. They got to know your name. They gave you nicknames. We got invited in their backyards in the summertime for cookouts. It wasn't always peaches and cream. Yeah, there were mistakes. Yeah, we had people do some bad things but 99 percent of the dynamics there's that word was positive and people understood it was their community that was preyed upon because just for example in northwest baltimore at four o'clock in the evening people go indoors because their kids could not play in the front yard because of all the gunfire right and that, and the that, that they're the ones who suffered we had a short break we are talking with daniel burgess of the mark pappas foundation we've got a lot of great things to talk about you're going to love the conversation don't go anywhere this is law enforcement today show we will be right back americans are going crazy for a new italian diet pill that burns three times more fat than dieting alone and the next 100 callers get three bottles for free sold under the brand name invigorate 3x this powerful pill triggers metabolic acceleration a process that's deficient to most americans making weight loss a hassle but a new study shows 30 pounds gone in 90 days with just two capsules a day julie b of nashville says i was skeptical but when i saw a famous doctor made it i decided to try it i was shocked I lost 16 pounds in six weeks. For a limited time, our listeners get three free bottles with a qualifying order. Call 1-800-932-1786 now to get started. Call in the next 10 minutes and also get a free bottle of the doctor's Ultra Detox. And don't forget your free 14-day diet fix. No obligation and 100% free when you call right now. 800-932-1786. 
800-932-1786. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725, online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Returning to our conversation with Daniel Burgess of the Mark Pappas Foundation on the Law Enforcement Today show. Daniel, before we get into it, and when I say get into it, we're on the same team here. Uh, which is something that that I love, and we're both passionate about what we're talking about. The Mark Pappas Foundation does a lot of unique things to help bridge the gap, which is a term we hear a lot, between law enforcement and, and local youth, uh, especially in areas of jurisdictions where there's high crime and problems. Would you explain what you do? Absolutely. Well, we service a need. And we service a need to all individuals, but we do it with inter- interaction between all the individuals that have those needs. For instance, law enforcement needs, they need the community to be behind them, to support them, and to see the positive efforts and the things that they're doing. And these young men and women that are in these communities, we work with children mainly between the ages of 12 to 14 years old. It's just a, it's just a start-out basis based on statistics and what we've studied. And these young people need support from law enforcement officers, sometimes just to make right decisions, just to, just to be at the right place at the right time or know how to avoid getting themselves in trouble. The parents, I did a study on this, so when we all know these, these things to be true, uh, the New York Times, based on the New York Times study, 37 minutes a day is what the average working parent, the average blue-collar parent, spends of quality time with their children in a week, not in not in a, 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 uh, a day, but in a week. So the parents need that extra support when they're out working, because in today's economy, some of us are working two jobs, some of us are working 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we found a way to get everyone united and everyone together. We enlisted the help of a technical company. They're called Tech Rebel, uh, and they developed an application for us, a basic app, just like Facebook, Instagram, FaceTime, uh, Twitter, Kindle, all of these different functions. Put in one. 
to where police officers don't have to travel outside their home, children don't have to travel outside their home, nor do the parents have to stop their everyday life in order to be engaged, interacting, and connecting. We found a way through sponsors to reward the police for the time that they spend on the application involved with the children. Uh, we found a way to the, reward the children for the time that they spend on the application and their involvement with the parent. Uh, different things on the application. See, it's 20, it's 2020. It's not even 2019 no more. The world is moving so fast forward. And in order to attack a problem, in order to attack this type of problem, we have to use new technologies and we have to use innovative ways of thinking. It's irrational for us to think that a law enforcement officer who works, let's just say, 50 to 60 hours a week with a wife and a family and everything that they have going on in their lives can take that time and personally be engaged and involved with the youth of our community when we as parents sometimes don't have time to do that ourselves. I'm not condemning anyone. You know, I have children of my own. Sometimes it's just hard. So we found a way to do it that didn't require anyone to drive. Uh, It's a jurisdictional program. Whenever you log on to the application, you'll see uh, three different interfaces, one for the child to interact, one for the parent to interact, and then one for the officer to interact. Uh, For instance, let's say the child wants to um, go on the application. The first thing they'll see is a police officer that they can choose that lives in their county that they would like to communicate with or talk to. They'll see how long they've been on the force. Uh, They'll see a personal message. Uh, Every child is different. Every officer is different. Every scenario is different. Just because a child is in a problem area doesn't mean that they struggle with crime. Right. We have children on our applications or children in our program that struggle with academics but are stand-up you know, young men and young women in the Absolutely. community. We and that's to- another one of the false narratives that we get, we get told all the time by the media. And I just use a, the broad term, the media, that if it's a, a minority child in a high-crime area, there's a chance that they're a hardcore criminal themselves. And it's, that's not the case. I mean – it's not. It's such a small percentage of people that are bad people in, in these communities. We're talking about 99% are decent people. They may have some right. problems. They may have some struggles like everybody, but they're, they're not going to shoot you. They're not going to come after you. They're not going to hurt anybody. Half of, half of these children, half of these children, over half of these children, I'm just throwing numbers out there, but over half of these children are in fear of themselves in their own communities. The children in our program tell us vivid stories about them running home from school every single day yeah. when they get to this. T- and this is broad daylight. You know, this is this is 2.30 right off the bus or as soon as the school bell rings, running home every day because they're scared of gangs approaching them or they're scared of being put in, in these type of situations. This program allows our children to be connected at all times with law enforcement. If they want to report a crime anonymously, they can do that. If they want to reach out and ask for advice, and we don't just leave the, the law enforcement officers and the children to build this relationship themselves. We get the parents involved and engaged. The parents have a responsibility sure. not only to their children, but to the community to make it better. So the parents have to upload their kids' report cards and give lists of goals and things to the police officers and the children that they want them to do. And then watch the interaction. And they can do all of this from the touch of their phone through an application. I think uh, it's great. Really you're taking... You Modern day technology, and you're you're fast forwarding. You're thinking, okay, how can we use the tools at our disposal, and, and use what's proven to work in the past, and combine and marry the two to address the situation today? Exactly. I mean, let's let's think about it. I mean, just take it. We know that the state and the government, and I don't want to get on that tip. It's a short radio program. They're not going to pay law enforcement officers what they deserve. They're not going to pay law enforcement officers the money that they should be getting to go into these. They're not going to pay overtime 
to get kids, you know, law enforcement officers to learn about kids in their community. Uh, so we have to find a way that we can do this without requiring them to be stretched as thin as they are. Just like you said earlier, they're already underpowered, undermanned in these communities. Uh, so we had, to, we had to think outside of the box. A law enforcement officer, as soon as he gets on his interface, let's just say you were an officer and you wanted to be involved in our program. The minute that you sign up for the program, uh, you would just do a, a short recording about your commitment to the community. Uh, tell us about a couple things about yourself and then your schedule. If you work Monday through Friday and you're available on Saturdays and Sundays to talk to a kid from the hour of 7 to 8, you can put the hours of 7 to 8. When that parent logs on and the weekends work for them for you to communicate with that child, they can pick that officer based on that, that the schedule that the officer has and the things that they're interested in. You, we might have a Puerto Rican, a young Puerto Rican child who's homesick and getting in a lot of trouble, uh, who's not having a, you know, may not have a father figure or someone in their lives and needs that type of support. That mother has the freedom to go all the way to Puerto Rico if she chooses to through this application and find a law enforcement officer that reminds his, her child of home that can have that type of relationship. Every child has a different need. You know, a child so you might really want to play are, are are busting the boundaries of uh, geographics as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, this application will be a worldwide application. Well, I'm I'm so thrilled that we're talking about this because you know I hear all the time uh, a term that's thrown around community policing, and when they talk about what community policing is, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not really quite sure what they're talking about. It sounds like what we did in the old days. It sounded like old school policing where literally, you know, on the post I worked, I had the same, every day I worked, I was on that on that post, that same geographic area. And the other day parts, it was the same th- other two officers. When we were off, it was the same two or three that filled in all the time. So people got to know you by your last name, your first right. name. And we had trouble spots. I'll give you an example. There's a, a, a bad spot in Northwest Baltimore is Belvedere and Elmer Avenue. And they, there's a lot of problems. We had riots and conflicts with police. And that was on my post. And they did not like the police. So we were told to make a point to go in there and say every day when you weren't on the call, hi, I'm Officer Wiley. Can I do anything? Let me know. Let me know. I'm here. I'm here for you. And, and just show your face. And eventually, guess what? People started to open up to you a little bit more. Just a little bit. That's all we needed was just a little bit. Well, well, you know the problem that we're having with community leasing? The first word in the term, community. Yeah. The community are against the police. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it used to be a point where, and, you know, this is a real conversation, so we can, we can talk real. It used to be a point where everyone just saw white law enforcement officers as the problem. Right. Now, it's, it doesn't matter if you're black. It doesn't matter if you're white. If you got that badge on, People in the community, they automatically have a disdain for you. You know, I I, I hold conferences all the time, and I I work with police officers all the time. It it, It doesn't matter your color, where you were born, where you were raised. You could come from that community, and because you wear that badge, the media and, 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 oh, my God, it's just pulled us so far apart that it makes it impossible. So how can we expect these law enforcement officers to learn more about our children? to be respected by the community when they can't wear their uniform. Officers, I just was in a, a conference yesterday. We're taking a short break. Uh, we're talking with Daniel Burgess. We're going to come back to this conversation. Uh, this is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. I promise you, you're not going to miss what we're talking about. Be right back. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. 
That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest price. Prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603. 800-451-8603. That's 800-451-8603. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today show, never fear. You can listen to them online. Just go to our website lawenforcementtoday.com or download our free app also available on our website that's lawenforcementtoday.com see you there from their point of view if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a great guest we'd love to hear from and we'd accommodate them from anywhere it doesn't matter where they are so just contact us the easiest way is go to our website lawenforcementtoday.com the contact us tab send an email to me jay at lawenforcementtoday.com or robert at lawenforcementtoday.com you can also send uh, message via Facebook. We're all over this thing called the World Wide Web, Instagram, and all that stuff too. And we are back talking with Daniel Burgess of the Mark Pappas Foundation. And you were, you were just talking about doing conferences and uh, about how how negatively the police, didn't matter race, gender, doesn't matter, are being portrayed and viewed in different communities across the United States. Would you continue to elaborate on that, please? Uh, yes, sir. I, I had a conference on, on yesterday, and the majority of the officers there were African-American, and the majority of the African-American officers were of age. They were probably, you know, around, I would say, their 45 on up. A couple of them had been retired, and we were talking about these issues, and they were telling me how the community has turned, uh, totally turned against them uh, to the point where kids would have a wonderful rapport with them when they were out in these communities just being themselves. But the minute they put that uniform on and the kids would say, oh, you're a cop. I didn't know you was a cop. Everything changed and Mm -hmm. the dynamics changed. The same with the parents. 
and how hard it was for them to do their job. We got to understand if we want if we want law enforcement officers to know our children, we need to welcome them in our community. We need to change the tone that we have. One officer spoke very elegantly about how he was going in the grocery store with his uniform on, and as he walked past uh, a mom and a little boy that was behaving bad, the mother said, "You better stop before I get that law enforcement officer to get you." And she said, it, "He said it hurt him, it cut him, and it took his pride mm-hmm. because he didn't. He doesn't want to go into a grocery store and have a mother." Uh, a young child see him as a, a disciplinary or a young child to see him as someone who's going to, you know, to, to, to treat him badly based on the way that he acts. He want, he, his exact words was, I want parents to come up to me and, t- and introduce their children and say, here, this is this, this is the officer yeah. that's keeping your community safe. How you doing? So we can get more officers or more young men and women to want to be officers one day. We got to change the way we, we, we support law enforcement. It's just the bottom line. And this, to go back in, in my memory banks, it's not something that is recent. Uh, maybe it's more, it's increased more. But I, I remember going uh, as a sergeant, having a Sunday morning, being able to have a few moments. And I went to church. So I turned my, my radio down very quickly, went into church for my devotion. And I was viewed as if I was a pariah. Uh, and that was, you know, had nothing to do with race, had nothing to do with anything. All it had to do was the uniform. And the reality is when people called us because, and I was thinking about this the other day, one of the closest calls I had for the worst experiences I was worried about was having to deliver a baby. And we got a call for uh, a woman uh, in in childbirth in the projects. And I get there and she's got special needs. She's, not all there, and, and she's very close. No one viewed me as, as hostile or the enemy when I walked in there in my police uniform. They all viewed me as someone there to help. And I don't know when that changed. And I don't, I'm not sure it changed all the time, but we're being told that it does. Yeah, well, it, it's changing every single day because of the music that we listen to, because the music that's been pumped in our system has, has driven us against law enforcement, and because of our television and entertainment that, that our kids, as well as, as young adults, assume, and I'm not going to call artists out by name, but it's so many of them that get on these platforms that don't have a problem with law enforcement whatsoever, that walk around with law enforcement everywhere they go so they can feel safe. It's just demify. I mean, just straight villainize our law enforcement officers, and that dynamic has to stop. It's, and it's done to, to make to money. And it's done to make money for the same reason that the headlines of the newspaper or the evening news or the radio mm-hmm. news is done the exact same way. It's to, to create uh, attention and infamy. Another thing I was just thinking about, it would be so easy to get more attention for myself in the Law Enforcement Show if I went out and attacked people. If I threw shade and, and made insults to people who are opposed to me. But I don't believe that's the way you get anyone to listen to you. Well, let me ask you this question, and I, and I, I, want, I want you and the, and the listeners to really dwell on this and, and think of this. Of all, think about this. All the uniforms, all the uniform jobs, all the major uniform jobs in America, every single one of them, basketball players, football players, military, uh, just, just, just to name firefighters, um, you, you name it, you name it. All of them have their own flaws, make mistakes, do things, things happen. There's only one that I can name that faces this type of scrutiny, and that's the police. Yeah, that's the police, and they're there to help. They, I don't want to use the old idealistic 
terminology to protect and serve, but ideally the best part of our day when, uh, when we weren't crazy busy, which wasn't often the very best part of my day was getting to hang out and talk to the kids in the neighborhood where I worked. And I got to know quite a few of them. And uh, the sad part is some of them, when I met when they were 10 years old, I was there when they took their last breaths because they'd been shot because they turned into the drug game and they wound up shorting somebody and it's heartbreaking. And it's something as a police officer that you are powerless to stop. You could try to arrest them. You could try talking to them. You could try whatever you could do, but you could not stop that cycle. Millions and millions and millions and millions of planes take off every single day. One plane crashes and nobody wants to get on a plane. That's the same way police officers are treated. And it's, it's sad. And so I'm glad to see you're, you're reintroducing this dynamic. And I went to your website. I believe, what's the website address? It's www.markpappasfoundation.org. And the program is called the PAT program. That's the program that we've innovated. And we have a wonderful list of sponsors. We have 14 different sponsors that are actively engaged in rewarding law enforcement officers for every minute that they spend uh, in the community with these children whether it be in person or on the app. Uh, we have all kind of programs and incentives put in place to reward them. Uh, for instance, the first one that we launched was uh, through, through a program like Kindle where the officer would uh, download the audible of a book that he read when he was uh, 12 to 14 that made an impact on his life. And then we challenged the child that's sponsored by that officer to read that same book so they can have conversations and see different points of view. Uh, this not only helps law enforcement officers to build a relationship with those children, but it also helps them in their policing efforts so they know the children in their communities, the terminology, you know, the way that they think, the way that they see things. We want to change the way, we want to change the culture in every community. An officer listening in Toledo, Ohio, or San Diego, California can get involved. Doesn't matter where they are. Like I said, Puerto Rico, for that matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on the other hand, so if you have a parent uh, and a, a child 12 to 14 wants to get involved, and let's just say they're in Cleveland, what do they do? Uh, well, the parent just has to go to www.markpappasfoundation.org, uh, sign up for the PAP program. Now, the requirements for the parent, you have to be completely transparent. Uh, when I say completely transparent, we need to know the issues that your child is facing. Uh, you need to just give us a list of goals that you would like to achieve for that child. And you must be willing to submit records as far as your children's uh, grades are concerned so we can continue to challenge them to do good as far as school and their education and academic achievements are concerned. I'm a father, you're a father, and, and my daughters now are 29 and 30. And I think the one thing is universal. doesn't matter what community you're from, what race you are. doesn't matter. We want our children to survive, to live, to be adults, to have a better life than we had and not wind up in prison. Right. And yet... So much of what people try to do to counteract that, it seems to be they're fought every step of the way. And they're fought over perceived ideology. They're, they're fought over perceptions. And, and people's perceptions are reality. It doesn't matter whether it's based in fact or not. It, it's their reality. If they believe that's the way it is, for whatever reason, that's the way it is. We're going to take Absolutely. a short break. We are talking with Daniel Burgess, the Daniel Burgess from Mark Pappas Foundation. This is Law Enforcement Show. We'll be right back. Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? Is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? 
My name is Ron Legrand, and for over 35 years now, I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677, 24 hours, and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800-956-0677, get your free starter kit until 500 are gone. You'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk, largely tax-free, and get 90% of the work done for you for pennies. That's 800-956-0677. 800-956-0677. Again, 800-956-0677. That's 800-956-0677. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-9435 800-280-9435 800-280-9435 Call right now. That number again is 800-280-9435. Daniel, I have such a soft spot uh, in my heart for Baltimore and the Baltimore region. I I was not a native of Baltimore. I came from Southern Maryland. Uh, For law enforcement police department, they were hiring from Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, everywhere. And it's the same today. We had horrible crime back then. We had horrible poverty. We had a lot of social issues. The crack epidemic was just beginning to start. And now all that is, what was old is new. They're recruiting all over the world and they can't get people to come there and work and try to make a difference and better the community. The dynamics we're facing right now. And uh, just like like you said, uh, the only thing that really needs to change is we have to get in front of it. And how we get in front of it is by dealing with our youth. And that's the main reason that we deal with 12 to 14 year olds in our program. Now, once that child turns 14, we're developing another program, the kind of big brother, big sister. The idea is for law enforcement, young law enforcement cadets and newly young law enforcement officers to build this relationship. So when these kids are 17, 18, 19, and still living in this community, they already know who they are. And then we have all kinds of incentives in this program as well. We just need the community to step up, get involved, change those conversations that you have with your children, I'm a 37-year-old black man. I don't talk to my children about the police being the enemy. Uh, If I'm outside running and I'm outside jogging and I see a police officer, I do the same thing I do for a Marine when I'm in subway. I stop. I tell them, thank you for your service. I pray with them for their safety and their protection. We need to change the way that we choose, uh, excuse me, we choose to treat law enforcement if we really want to see a change. And so many of the people that, at least where I work, uh, that's how we were treated. And not everybody treated you great. Not everybody was happy to see you. As a matter of fact, most of the, most of the interactions you had with people, they're having a very bad day. Uh, they're a victim of a crime. They're having a family dispute. They're having problems with their kids. Or, or God forbid, you have a death notification that the 
uh, one of their children uh, had died somewhere. And occasionally it involved arresting someone. The arresting wasn't all the time. And somewhere along the way, the perception of how we were viewed by the community changed. And I understand that the actions of some police have had a lot to do with that. I also understand that the mistakes of some have had things to do with it. But I believe that's the smallest part of the percentage. And most people walk around don't think that the majority of people or police in their community are bad. I can tell you all of the law enforcement officers that I've dealt with throughout this entire program and for the majority of my life have always been dedicated and willing to get involved. It's just not a way. When we shut our doors to law enforcement and the idea of law enforcement being good guys, we don't give them an opportunity to properly do their job. We're making it harder. And in a city like Baltimore, Maryland, we need all the help we can get. You know, one of the fascinating things I was listening to the other day, I was listening to um, Tupac Shakur, and he was talking about uh, the community that he grew up with and living there and how he was just as afraid as the police officers of the guy that lived next door to him and how it, he, it was a killer-be-killed mentality. You know, some of the same things that people demonize and villainize law enforcement officers for, they would, they're, they're in fear of themselves. You're just as scared as your next door neighbor. You're just you're just as worried and concerned watching. I mean, you can only imagine growing up or going into working or going into some of these communities and having to deal with the level of crime and violence and drug addiction that these officers have to face. You know, law enforcement officers don't roll around 20, 30 people deep. We're on we're on demand. You get one law enforcement officer showing up in the middle of the night in an area known for crime, drugs and violence, I mean, we got to be rational. We have to be rational and, and logical thinking people. My father always told me one thing. You don't never criticize somebody for doing something that you wouldn't do yourself. Mm-hmm. Point blank, period. Uh, great perspective, great point of view. I, I'm sitting here, and I, I know that you're considerably younger than I am, but we're of the same mindset. And it's not like we had the same social influences. We didn't have the same music growing up. We didn't have the same movies growing up. We didn't have the same television shows growing up. But somehow or another, even all those years apart and racially different, we are of the same mindset. And that's something that's not supposed to be the case anymore, according to the so-called experts in the news media. That we're, not supposed all, to, we're not supposed to understand each other at all. It all depends on your, your reality. Your, just like you said, your perception of reality. And honestly, I don't mean to insult anyone, but your intelligence level. I mean, if somebody's selling you something, you know, somebody's selling you something that's blue and they're telling you it's red and you're looking at it and you see it's blue, if you choose to believe it's red in your mind, it's red. I just don't buy in. I don't buy in, you know, and, and we got to we got to really think we got to we got to wake up man. we just really have to wake up and, and see what's happening and what's being done to us. Right. You know, right in front of our own eyes. Say, well, when you talk to members of the community and your own community are you meeting resistance or uh most people an agreement to be honest with you not at all but the majority of the people that i deal with are i mean this is just the reality are young african-american women who are raising their children on their own and are begging for this type of help and are begging for these types of programs and are begging for this type of support um the majority of the people that villain, you know, demify the police and have negative things to say about the police really don't need them. But these young mothers and these communities that are raising their children on their own, they're not worried about their child 
getting shot by a police officer, honestly, they're worrying about losing their child to violence yeah. or to a victim of the streets. So, no, they, they're, man, keep on doing what you're doing. You're doing a great work. I really appreciate what you're doing. I haven't received any resistance. Um, and even members of our community, even, even, you know, other members of our community, they all, you know, everybody knows what it is. The media chooses to project what they want to project. They seem to make it, you know, one person could be saying something and they'll make it seem like a million people are out there tooting this same horn when it's just a, a small few. The same things that they do with law enforcement. They take those same, you know, techniques and, and whatever, you know, mind games that they play and they twist it and they use it against the community. They'll show you a, a protest for 500, but they won't show you a fundraiser to support law enforcement. And, and that's part like this. And I, I believe that's part of the negative stereotype that, that's often portrayed by the media that, uh, and there's, I'll be honest with you, Daniel, I, I would love to talk to you freely, but in today's climate, I can't because of yep. my age, and my race, I'm automatically construed as being, insensitive so i have to watch every word i say even if there's no malice intended whatsoever and they would have everyone believe that there's a total lack of empathy that i can't understand unless i i went through that and and i lived and i worked in those communities every day of my life except for two days a week off for years i almost died from violence in the streets of baltimore not once not twice four different shooting occasions and thankfully everybody lived I, I didn't return fire for the first two shooting, shooting situations. That, that, that's another stereotype that, that is per- perpetrated by the media that's just not true. But they'll tell you that these communities are full of people who are unable to make positive changes themselves and don't want positive change. They'd rather just blame everybody else. And it's not the truth. Well, I, I, I tell you what, and I have to say this because I, I heard what you said. Uh, previously, and I'm, I'm not that person. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna freely say, you know, everything, but I must say this. You go to Chicago right now, and you go to the poorest community with the majority of, whether they're black, white, minorities, or whatever, you go to the poorest neighborhood, and you go door to door, and you ask them, how many police officers do they need to see in their community? How many police officers do they want, and do they support the police? They are begging. Yeah. They are literally begging for police officers to be on their streets. You go to Baltimore, you go to, East Baltimore, West Baltimore, Fayette, you go to Cherry Hill, you ask them how many of them want police in their community, how many of them feel safer with police officers in their community, and, and the need for support. This is what I do for a living. This is what I do. It's a totally different thing. And you know where the problem came in at? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm 100% honest with you on my opinion, Jay. In the 80s and in the 90s, the same area that you were talking about with the crack epidemic uh-huh. hit hard, 88, 90. You had a lot of white parents and a lot of white people standing up against uh, the downward spiral of music and the culture. They stood up and they said, no, this music is bad. The culture is bad. We need to change this. They weren't afraid to speak out. They weren't afraid to speak out. But that's gone now. That's gone. gone now. They can't speak out and they can't say these things because... It's unaccepted by society. Like you said, right. you're looked upon as a racist. No, the music is bad. And the well, they'll, they'll do their best the to shut you down. Culture. They'll do responses. They'll do everything. Before we wrap up, and I, I promise you, we're going to have you back on the show again in the future because there's so much to talk about. Get the, the website address one more time for the Mark Pappas Foundation. www.markpappasfoundation.org. Daniel Burgess, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated, and thank you for all you're doing. Thank you, sir, for your time. Look forward to speaking with you again.
I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. I've got another great guest in your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. Thank you.